all the the readings centered around uh, the act of God saving of salvation and of baptism. The God of salvation. I wanted us to take another look at the psalm for today, Psalm 25, especially verses 4 to 13. And I'm reading from the English Standard Version. Make me to know your ways, O Lord. Teach me your paths. I think any Christian would have a desire to know to understand the ways of the Lord and to know what paths the Lord has for us. Lead me in your truth and teach me, for you are the God of my salvation. He is the God of our salvation. For you I wait all the day long. Remember your mercy, O Lord, and your steadfast love, for they have been they have been from of old. I thought that uh, phrase in English, steadfast love, was probably from the Hebrew word hesed, and I checked it out, and sure enough it is. <clears throat> Remember not the sins of my youth or my transgressions. According to your steadfast love, that's hesed again. In fact, it's used three times in these ten verses. Remember me for the sake of your goodness, O Lord. Good and upright is the Lord. We, we can know. We can know by the word and we can know by our experience with the Lord that he is good and he is pure, upright, and holy. There's, there's no shades of turning, no shades of gray with him. He is pure white, pure white. Therefore, he instructs sinners in the way. Aren't you glad that he still instructs sinners? He leads the humble in what is right and teaches the humble his way. <clears throat> All the paths of the Lord are hesed, or steadfast love and faithfulness. <clears throat> That's why Jesus told the disciples to follow me, to follow him, because he, his ways and his paths are good and true and loving. All the paths of the Lord are steadfast love and faithfulness for those who keep his covenant and his testimonies. For your name's sake, O Lord, pardon my guilt, for it is great. Who is the man who fears the Lord? Him will he instruct in the way that he should choose. His soul shall abide in well-being, and his offspring shall inherit the land. His soul shall abide in well-being. Yet another instance in Scripture of the spiritual principle that God created us in his image with certain inherent needs and desires and longings and he didn't create us with those longings so that they would go unsatisfied but he has said over and over again that he will not only satisfy those needs but we will be satiated 
Psalm 23.5 puts it, that my cup runs over. We can't hold another drop of good, His goodness. It just spills out over us. So in thinking about all these promises and, and uh, scriptures about God showing us the path and showing us the way, I remembered uh, Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. Actually, Sandra has the cross stitch she did early on in our marriage up on the wall in her, rest, in her bathroom. We all know the verses, Trust in the Lord with all your heart, and do not lean on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge Him, and He will make your path straight. That's the New American Standard Version. <clears throat> I like the NIV's translation. It says, Trust in the Lord with all your heart, lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, submit to Him. And when I think of it, acknowledging the Lord in a, as being submit to the Lord, it helps me to understand the need I have to, to surrender my will to His, to yield to His ways, to His wills, to, to His will, to His desire for my life, to trust it. And to let go, you know, once I've pleaded my case and once I've uh, begged for the Lord for the outcome that I want, I need to trust Him, uh, let go of the outcome, surrender to the outcome, and trust Him, and He will make my path straight. I'm preaching to myself this morning. The parable of the Good Samaritan, which is always what I do, the parable of the Good Samaritan in Luke chapter 10 is in the setting of when a scribe has asked Jesus, what must I do to inherit eternal life? And he, he was basically saying, what are your ways? What are the ways of God? What is the path to God? And this is from uh, Matthew Card's book on Hesed. Uh, it's called inexpressible hesed in the mystery of God's loving kindness. Michael Card says that in the Hebrew mind, hesed is always something you do. It is a verb. It is a loading. It is loading wounded people on donkeys, running to greet runaway children returning home. It is forgiving enormous debts, paying someone who worked an hour as much as ones who worked all day, throwing a party to those who can't pay you back. It's a resonant response to the overwhelming kindness of the God of Exodus 34, who is full of hesed. And that's uh, Exodus 34 is when God introduces himself to Moses. It says, the Lord passed before him, Exodus 34, 6. The Lord passed before him, Moses, and proclaimed, The Lord, the Lord, a God merciful and gracious, slow to anger and abounding in steadfast love, hesed and faithfulness. Only Luke tells the parables of the Good Samaritan and the Prodigal Son. Only Luke provides us with Jesus' magnificent definition of hesed. This is Michael Card's take on it. 
In Luke 6, Jesus tells his followers that they should love their enemies. They should bless those who curse them and offer the other cheek to someone who strikes them. If someone takes your sweater, says Jesus, give them your shirt too. It is the cost of embracing the new reality over the old orthodoxy. If you are fully engaged and you listen to the text and Luke, you will feel the anxiety of his first disciples and perhaps even the outrage of the scribes and Pharisees. Then comes the most remarkable thing Jesus ever said. It is the best encouragement he can think of in helping us to love our enemies. We do so according to Jesus because God loves his enemies. We will be his sons and daughters if we can find it in our redeemed souls to love as he does. And then comes these magnificent, shocking, unbelievable words describing the Hesed of the Most High. He is kind to the ungrateful and wicked. Luke 6.35. I, I had to pull out my old trusty New American Standard that I bought in 1985 and verify that and it's exactly what it says word for word. I've never heard in my memory that I can recall anybody teach or preach on a, that verse that God is kind to the ungrateful and wicked. Luke 6.35 Hesed is almost always an extravagant expression of kindness, forgiveness, and love. It is something you do. It is the only appropriate response to the one who has shown us his kindness. The ungrateful and evil. Those parting words to that parable in Luke 10, the Good Samaritan, at the end of it, Jesus tells the scribe, go and do the same. Go and do likewise. They are spoken to you and me every bit as much as they were to the scribe. God is the God of my salvation. He is the God of our salvation. He is the God of the salvation of the world. He is a God who is holy and pure, who has no shadow of turning. He is always kind and compassionate, forgiving, accepting, embracing, and affirming. He is our healer, deliverer, redeemer, and friend. He is our shepherd that leads us to quiet waters and restores our troubled souls. He fixes what troubles us. He satisfies every yearning, yearning and longing that we experience as a result of being created good in his image. He does not need us. He does not need us to work for him, serve him, or fight for him. He has won the battle. He has defeated our enemy. He delights in rescuing us because of his fierce and relentless love for us, for me and for you individually. So we can cease striving and rest in his care and provision for our lives and enjoy the good life that he has given us. We can worship him in spirit and truth because he is the God of our salvation. Amen. Let's stand together and affirm and confess and confessing we are agreeing with the words that we read.